I, th I think there are different options before finding bigger square footage or finding a second location. Um, I think, okay, look at, look at the real numbers in class. You know, can you do something that, you know, that gets you extra, extra bodies in? Are your coaches being upskilled? Are they able to handle one or two people more per class? Because, like, you know, um, uh, very often you get coaches going, oh, you know, my box, you know, on principle, we cap it at 10 or we cap it at 12 or something. Okay, that's great. But, you know, you capped it at 12 when you just come off level one. You didn't know shit from caramel. Um, and now you've been coaching for seven years, right? And, um, you know, you, you've done your level two, you've done your level three, you've got years of experience, you've had feedback from people, you've been in an environment to learn more, you've done specialty courses, you know, you should be, you should be a better coach, you know, three years after passing your level one than when you pass your level one. So shouldn't you be able to coach two more, two more people per class, two more people per class, yeah. mm -hmm. if you have the space for it, right? That's yeah. It. Yeah. If, it's, if it's space, well then, okay. Um, can you get smarter on your, your programming? Um, can you change? So we adapted some equipment. We bought like, for example, the regional bars, you know, the short bars? Yeah. So, you know, you, you get 20 centimeters less, less on barbells, all of a yeah. sudden, you, you know, you, you have eight or 10 barbells out and you've got 20 centimeters left. You may have a corridor, you know, to do safely burpees or get the rowers out. And then you can start yeah. to, you know, change. So you can do stuff like that. Um, and often what, what I, when, I, when I'm talking to, to affiliates about this problem, because it's one that's becoming more and more recurrent of like, hey, we're full, you know, I'm getting yes. complaints that they can't book, right? I, I, first off, it's a fucking good problem to have. Am I allowed to say, I'm allowed to say, yeah. It's a better problem. Yeah, it's a better problem than like, oh God, I can't pay my rent or I'm gonna have to let someone go, you know? Um, it's a good problem to have. So, you know, don't lose sleep about it. Get excited, wake up with a, wake up with a Woody in the morning about it, you know? Um, <laughs> And uh, so, so you said it was you said it was a relaxed podcast, right? Um, so you know, but you know, jokes aside, you know, be be really happy about it, you know, and and yeah. um, and then and then have fun with it. Go and go and try some stuff. The other thing I'd recommend is, you know, if you're not ready to change locations, even if you are ready to change, um, think about increasing your prices for future members. You can keep, you can grandfather in your old members. You don't have to increase your existing members. But if you're full, okay, well, hey, supply and demand, right? Yeah. Someone wants to come in at a 6 p.m. class and someone's leaving and the guy who's leaving is paying 120 bucks or maybe the guy who's coming in should be paying 160, you know? And then maybe you don't need so many members and you can still please your older members and so on and so forth, right? So don't be afraid to increase your prices on the future members. And if they don't like the new pricing, they won't join you, but that's fine already because you're already full, right? Um, so... Yeah, I, I think I think pricing is another one where um, box owners sometimes we need a, a paradigm shift. You know, we need a different reference point. You know, we want to be often the cheapest in town. No, let's be the best in town. You know, cheap cheap doesn't mean good. Cheap doesn't mean good value for money. Um, you know, uh, it, it's not it's not the best way to go. And I think until they see a box charging more and giving less value than they do, they don't they don't necessarily have the confidence to increase their prices. You're going to have cash burn when you when you move to a new location. If you move to a new mm -hmm. location, you have cash burn, and you'll you'll have things that you can't you can't move for free. You can carry a kettlebell, but when you rip out your lockers or your showers and that kind of stuff, you know you you you're, you're definitely going to have capex spend in, in moving into a new location yeah. um, that will take you time to 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 recuperate. So you need to factor that in. But also when you move, you can think your members are loyal or you want. You move you move 800 meters there'll be some people that just don't follow you. You know, you yeah. move a kilometer, there'll be some people that don't want to go in that direction. You know, it's just yeah. moving them that little bit further from work or from home or from their, their, their journey, that kind of stuff. So you will, you will get some churn, right? Um, 
and and all the unknowns when you move location who are your neighbors who's your landlord if you if you're not buying you know um you know what, what uh, there's an element of risk to any any new location i think so i would look to max out your first location sorry i'd, I'd look to max it out and then and, and in maxing it out it means also you know oh yeah we're maxed out okay you know but are you open on sunday yes how many hours two hours well try opening a third hour you know um try opening maybe half an hour early in the morning or closing half an hour later in the evening getting one extra class in maybe even just twice a week or something you know um try doing um uh, an off-peak membership and see if you can't start to to fill classes at 3 p.m in the afternoon when you've got no class on um you, you can you can do various things um so i mean and and you go progressively it's not something you go you start your box out and you go i'm going to do off-peak memberships you don't need to when you start you don't need to have that um staffing cost on off-peak membership um go peak memberships until you're packed out you know and then and then when you're packed out and you start your class at 5 p.m start a class at 4 30 until you can fill that and when you start your class at 4 30 you'll be pulling people from the 5 p.m class into 4 30 freeing up places at five and so on and then all of a sudden you do that for for many years and you're adding 20 members another 20 members another 20 members and all of a sudden you've got an extra 10 15k revenue per month and you're going wow this is a viable this is a viable venture yeah we we spoke about this in madison right you you mentioned this in madison um and and i couldn't have been in more agreement than, than then absolutely your, your real estate is your biggest cost so when you say i'm going to go and buy i'm going to go and get a second location wow you know uh measure twice cut once right <laughs> because because you're gonna you're gonna be watering down your the your biggest resource is your human resource your most important resource is your human resource if you've got a small tight-knit team in one box and you're you're rocking that box you are absolutely rocking it unless you're developing talent develop the talent first right even before you find a location you should be overflowing with amazing coaches and people that are capable of operating a really good box you should have you should have uh you should have your box manager and you should have a second in command who's ready to jump into his their seat or her seat right you should have a head of reception or a head coach or someone ready to jump into those, those seats you should have an abundance of talent and really good coaches um that you don't that you you can't give enough hours to and then go and open the second box and then when you do that and you you, you take really good talented people from box one move into box two you you'll onboard some newbies in box one and you'll onboard some newbies in box two but you've got talent in both boxes the worst thing you can do is transfer Craig Howard from box number one to box number two and leave box number one half naked, right? Yeah. And then your you, the the thing that's feeding box number two goes wobbly. And your your new venture hasn't gotten to break even yet, and you've made the one that was at break even and making money a bit wobbly. And then maybe three or four years down the line, you go, oh my god, we made a bad decision. We're actually making more money off one box, and we're you know it was an easier lifestyle. We didn't have so many headaches. So for me, it's all, it's more about developing people than finding locations. Yeah. So, it, um, so in each box, we have a head of reception and a head coach. So uh, there are three heads of reception and three head coaches. Um, and I work I work with all of them. Um, amongst the heads of reception, um, I have one uh, who's who's my ex-wife, uh, Sophie. She's um, I'd say she's like a, a marketing and, and, and salesperson. She runs the reception teams, basically. She coordinates all our, all our communication, um, the, the training of our, of our reception teams on how to, how to take an incoming phone call, how to welcome a drop-in, how to convert a prospect into a member, all the, all the scripts that we have. We have sales scripts. We have incoming call scripts. Uh, we have how to overcome objections. I mean, all that, all that kind of stuff that you, yeah. you, you take from a, a, a parallel business into the, into the CrossFit sphere. And the head coaches, um, uh, so they're full-time staff, 
but they only coach between five and ten hours a week because the rest of the time is giving feedback and, and, and developing the coaches. Um, their role is to make sure that the service is as good as it can be. Um, we have, we have a, a two IC, so a second in charge uh, on the coaching side. Um, and these people are being um, uh, cultivated or grown to become the future head coaches. Um, and my head coaches know that they can't get a promotion. They can't, they can't do anything. I'm not going to consider them for any other role, any other tasks with any of the other projects we do until they have a 2IC that's capable of stepping in for them. And that means even when we do a meeting, for example, down in Bordeaux, they come once a month to my place and we do a monthly meeting, the 2IC is running the box. If you don't have a 2IC, how can I take you out of the business to come and do uh, the daily meeting, right? So it's in their interest. If they want to grow, they've got to grow other people as well. Um, um, so for me, this is, this is, a, this is a people business. Uh, all businesses are people business. Every business is done by people for people, right? But there's right. no business that's more people business than a CrossFit business. Yeah. You know, a, cross, a CrossFit box is, is, is the, the, the quintessential um, uh, people location. You know, there's nothing more that, that develops and touches a human being than CrossFit. Um, so I, I think that the human beings who work in a box are even more important. And the, and, and the investment, our R&D expense as box owners, it's not, you know, we, Rogue do the equipment. We don't R&D the equipment. Wow. Our R&D expense is developing our people. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm lucky to be like you, Craig. I'm, I'm old. And uh, <laughs> and it means we've had a few decades. We've had a few decades to go and make some mistakes and and learn from from other companies and different industries and stuff. And um, I think there's there's the management of processes, but the hardest thing to teach is leadership. Right, the, the processes are, are easier to reproduce, but leadership and and how to capture someone's um, heart and mind and for them to come to work not just physically but also with their heart and mind and with passion um it's possibly the hard, harder thing to, to to teach someone um we do it internally so um uh, i've developed over the last uh I don't know, um, 12 years for the box but before that i was doing it in, in, a, in a in a global gym um a, a leadership training and so um we give that training uh to our staff even if they're not in a leadership role um, uh, so everything from uh, personal goal setting to time management um, to Maslow's hierarchy of needs to uh, the learning curve and how to take someone through um, uh, changing habits, that kind of stuff. All, all those things um, we'll, teach our, we'll teach our teams. Why? Because actually um, leading, leading a team is very much like leading uh, athletes and members. You know, um, you, you, uh, improving your work team is helping them gain better um, work habits. Improving your members is helping them gain better lifestyle, lifestyle habits. So there's a lot of synergy there. So we actually take um, all our youngsters. Um, when they come in already, they have a five. They have a five-day training um, uh, before before being confirmed. So they go into a when you when you start, you go in an observation, you observe, and then you come down to Bordeaux and you have a five-day training with us down here. Um, where we're integrating into the company, um, we're doing all of that, and then we'll give you stuff to start reading. And so we have um, we have an ongoing um, study group, and I use that study group because um, when someone is interested and they start the study on their own, it's like okay, maybe this guy's you know keen enough to want to step up at one point and stuff. And so you, you the cream rises to the stop when you when you do a uh, it's not a compulsory study group. It's anyone who wants to come on. It's once every two weeks. We read stuff together, um, stuff is prepared. Um, we come onto a call and we discuss it, um, and so we use we use Zoom for that, and um, and from there the cream rises to the top, and then from there we're going to start choosing our two ICs and and our senior coaches and so on and so forth. 
So we have a we have a whole development program, regardless of whether you're working at reception or, or in the coaching, um, and we expose that in the interview process to say, okay, well, you know, these are the expectations of the role, but if you do join us, this is what you can expect if you stay long enough, right? Um, you get past you get past intern, you go to junior coach, coach, senior coach, you go to future leader, then you go to head coach, and you go to director of training. That's the, that's the the path um, for coach. You can jump in time. You want to open your box? You can go if you want. But you're going to open a box. You want you want to be head coach with us? That's fine. It's here, and you can you know. Um, so um, we we've developed um, a pathway for the youngsters, um, but it, it, I'd say with with selfish means. Uh, with, with selfish motivations, really, um, because you can only you you need about three years to develop someone from knowing nothing about coaching to becoming a pretty good coach. I think there's a there's a there's a one year they, as we said earlier they don't know shit from caramel in year one. Year two they kind of start to understand what this coaching thing is really about, you know. And then year three is where they, you can start to start fine tuning things. Um, but for them to want to stay with us long enough. It's not just about money. You have to interest them with something. You know, you you you've got to get them interested in a project, um, maybe in their own selfish uh, personal development, um, and and so that's why we have this this career path, um, and we take them along there, and we pay them we pay them a little bit more every time they take a step up and that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's a that you need a you need an HR strategy. You know, I hate to call it HR because it sounds very corporate. We don't we don't buy we don't buy any programming. Um, we use CAP as an inspiration. Um, so all, all, all my head coaches are looking at CAP and um, a couple of them actually analyze it. And, and uh, one of the guys that we work with is called Eli Marjorin. He's a, he's a flow master for CrossFit. And he, he's worked with us for um, coming on 11 years now. And he actually, he actually does a podcast in French uh, breaking down the last like months programming from CAP. And explaining it and 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 trying to educate people on it and so um, yeah we're, the the cap programming is good um, and the detail to it's good the only issue we have in France uh, one of the reasons we don't use it is because uh, two of my head coaches don't speak good enough English um, to to uh, to really understand yeah all the intricacies of the videos and that kind of stuff um, so but they they'll yeah they'll look at the the workouts from there and yeah. and also your members you know um, yeah, Louvre yeah. one is yeah. Louvre one is, is nearly twelve years old Louvre three just started before COVID and we were closed for nearly two years so you know okay. our, our members our members are maybe you know two and a half years old so um, you know in, in a box where you've got guys that are that are that are eleven to twelve years in you know you yeah um, uh, you know you may you may be doing things differently to guys that have got you know less than you know, six months or, or, or a year and a half of, of CrossFit. Um, uh, you may you may be doing a little bit of a little bit less of, of, of heavy days in the newer box, you know, and taking them towards it progressively. And you need to change their mindset more and that kind of stuff. Also, our boxes you've got we've got two city center boxes where they're cash rich and time poor, and then we've got the one in Bordeaux is where it's it, you know not not so wealthy, but these guys you know they like to linger. And you know, so so the whole the, the whole setup is very different, and it's more family orientated, and and you know they they can have more time, and so so everything is is slightly different. You know, the the reception space will be bigger, and people can chill out a bit more, and there's you know there's more coffee drinking. You know, in France we like our coffee yeah. and that kind of stuff, and in Paris it's got to be you know it's got to be in yeah. whiteboard yeah. high five, welcome them in, boom, let's go, let's get it get it done. You know, and then at the end it's high, you know, for, you know applause and. And if there's a drop-in, quick photo, that kind of stuff, and then they're off mm -hmm. to the changing room to get changed. 
So um, yeah, the, the programming and everything, you know, our, our process is all slightly tweaks the locations and, and, and the populations that you're dealing with. Yeah. yeah. I knew that I knew that we could scale. So I, 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 I'd never planned to have a box of less than like a hundred members. And, and um, you know, all the boxes that, that I'd visited except for one uh, previous to opening um, were really small operations, you know, like 75 members or, you know, small, it was all relative, you know, it depends what you want. Right. Um, but I was like, wow, you know, actually, you know, if you, you can take some processes from, so I was lucky enough to work in, in the global gym business, but, it was it was a company that really cared about its teams and 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 they they invested a lot in in training their their teams and staff and it's like taking some processes from there and some some principles from there and just applying those processes but bringing in the crossfit methodology as the as the the, the meal that you're serving you know and um, I was like well you know if you do that you can actually like maybe you know scale up to 150 maybe 200 you know um, look at what the the rent requires. And Louisville won, we moved locations um, in the first two years, we moved locations five times. Oh, wow. Um, because we're within being, two years? Yeah, within yeah, two years, yeah, we moved it five times. Well, we, the first location that I'd done the business plan off originally, we lost before we even moved into it. Uh, um, we, we'd signed the lease. We arrived on the Friday to move in on the, on the Monday. So I'd, I'd moved up with the team that I'd recruited, including my, my ex-wife, and we'd, we'd rented a flat in Paris. We'd sold our house in Bordeaux. We packed everything into a into a container that we moved up to Paris, and then on the Friday, I called the I called the um, the agent to say, "Hey, I'm coming in to pick up the keys." And the guy goes, um, "Oh yeah, don't bother." I'm like, "What do you mean, don't bother? We're we're starting work on Monday. We got the the demolition guys coming in on Monday." And he goes, "No, I'm I'm not going to give you the keys." I said, "What do you what do you mean you're not giving me the keys?" Well, you know, unfortunately, the landlord. Has decided not to not to lease you the the property. I'm saying they have to. We signed the lease. We signed the lease. We paid the we paid the deposit. Everything. Yeah, they don't care. They're being offered so much by the other um, uh, tenant to take your spot that you can take them to court. They don't care. So we lost the first location before even moving in. And I was like, shit. You know, I, I, I renting a flat. I had these salaries starting. I had the the building guys coming in on Monday. All my all my life savings were in this project. And I was like, fuck out you know this is this isn't it's like it's like your your rocket thruster blows up you haven't even taken off from the launch pad so that was that was my first business plan um then the second location was a temporary location with a high rent i'm going shit we're going to need more members than i planned for the temporary location we moved into that and then the neighbors were calling so we're in the city center and the neighbors are calling the police every day and we had the place come we had the police coming in um and the day they tried to arrest my ex-wife was the day I was like, okay, we got to move from this place. We moved from there. I found a bank that had just emptied out, and and I, I, the guy was literally putting the sticker for rent on the on the door, and he hadn't even finished patching the sticker that I typing the number and I calling up saying, yeah, looking for a location. When can we move in? Go, oh, you know, this is it. I was like, shit, that's an even more expensive rent. God, we're gonna have to go and find some more bloody members. And so it just went that way. And then that location we'd signed for one year. Um, so at the end of that, we went to find another location for six months and so on and so forth until I found the, the permanent location. And I, wow, this is a serious rent, but we'd increased, we'd grown progressively over the two years. And I'm like, well, we can do it, you know, it's a reach, but we need to go and find another 150, maybe 200 people and we can afford this rent. So I'd never planned on getting to the size that we are now, um, kind of happened by, by accident, but I knew that we could, I had, I had the background kind of like you, Craig, you know, I had the background where I knew that. Uh, I had the people who had the, the knowledge and, 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 and we had the paradigm to be able to do it. So I wasn't, I wasn't fearful at all. 
I just knew that we had to work really hard and, and there, there was no plan B. You know, our life's earnings win this and you either make it work or, or you go bankrupt and then you end up being, you know, it's like, you know, shit, you know, what do I go and do? You know, go and work uh, building sites or, you know, um, I have no idea, but, you know, this is the only plan we have. So, um, yeah, uh, we just have to make it work, you know. The uh, one, one other thing I wanted to ask about, too, you have, and I'm, I'll give them a plug, um, but I'm always curious because you guys, I, I feel like over the last five years, what's really interesting, CrossFit has been growing fairly aggressively in Europe and, and, and Asia, too, but mostly in Europe, it's been experienced the most rapid affiliate growth. And it's almost the, uh, you know, CrossFit's the new kid in town and people want to try it. What's really cool is some of the stuff that you guys are doing is now being taken and put in place in the United States. For example, the affiliate gatherings, right? We weren't doing that. You guys were doing that. And we would, I would actually look with envy when I saw, you know, these gatherings where there was, you know, 200 people there. Um, which was, you know, I know from back in the day when you get those affiliate owners together, it's an awesome thing is um, what is the, the one that's coming up as a coaches Congress, which is not a CrossFit gathering. Um, I don't know much about it. I just see that, you know, I see the list of names that are going, you guys get some great, great people that come and speak to those. What is the coaches Congress? Uh, it's um, a, a guy called Henrik Almers. Um, he lives down in Spain and he started it up in Stockholm um, a few years ago now. And uh, it started pretty small and, and it had a few coaches going to it and that kind of stuff. And not just CrossFit coaches, but from different facets of, of the fitness spectrum. And, and um, uh, he, so he charges coaches uh, to go to this thing and, and meet different speakers and presenters. And they would do uh, presentations. They'd also do physical workshops. So you could go in and do, you know, I don't know, uh, a yoga class or some stretching protocols or, you know, re-education protocols. You'd have a physio come in and talk about certain things or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I first went there in 2019. Um, I, was a, I was the bad news. So Greg, Greg Glassman was, 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 was supposed to go and speak. And I got a call from Jimmy Letchford, you, you know, Jimmy. And, yeah, I do. and Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy goes to me, he goes, what are you doing next weekend? I said, oh, nothing. I was going to chill at the house with my son. He goes, do you, do you think, you know, you could, you could come to Stockholm with me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. You want to go and hang out? What do you want to do? Go visit some boxes? He goes, no, no. You know, I'd like you to speak at the Coaches <laughs> Congress. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I can do that. And um, so he, he then, like, on the way there, he goes, oh, by the way, you know, Rory's coming too. I go, okay, cool. Rory McKinnon. Right? Okay, cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, we'll have a good time. And Rory's speaking too. And I'm like, can I start? That's great. I said, yeah. But how come it's so last minute? And so he tells me, like, like I'd prepared this thing. And he tells me literally like, I don't know, maybe like the day before that um, Greg was supposed to go and Greg had pulled out and oh. that, um, they hadn't told anyone at Coaches Congress, right? So we pitch up on the Friday and, um, and, I, and this room is packed. It is, it's the biggest Coaches Congress they've ever had. Everyone's there to see the founder of CrossFit. Everyone's there to see this inspirational speaker called Greg Glassman. And they go, okay, so yeah, next up. Uh, and obviously, Henrik Almond is pretty disappointed. The guys running Congress are pretty disappointed. And they don't know how to break the news to these people that have paid money. Oh, They've traveled man. from all over Europe. They go to Stockholm. And they go, ladies and gentlemen, uh, CrossFit. And I go up and, and I'm like, hey, guys, I got some bad news and some good news. What do you want, <laughs> what do you want first? <laughs> bad news. Yeah, so I, Greg can't make it. You know, like all the faces drop. 
like I'm doing it, like I'm, it's a running joke or something. I'm saying, no, I'm serious. Greg's can't make it. And they're looking behind me to see if he's like behind the screen or something. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> Greg isn't awesome. coming. The good news is you've got more. And there we go. Hey, <laughs> jazz heads. And it was the most awkward 90-minute um, presentation I've ever done. Oh, um, so that no. was my first presentation. Coach But the guy, Henrik, he organized some good stuff. And um, so we... We don't. I, I, we haven't officially partnered with him, but he's a good guy and he, he means well. And he's doing some good stuff, and so when we can, we go and we go and present. So um, Carl Stebbins been, Rory's been, um, I've been. Uh, Gary Gaines, um, who was the, the GM for Jim, he he went and spoke. Um, uh, Amelia, the country manager for for the Scandinavian countries, um, she goes and she organizes an affiliate gathering around it, so it, it draws in some affiliates for their oh, for their thing great. as well. So it's, it's it's just it's just working smart and it's a win win situation. Um, but the the um, so it's it's different to a gathering because it's not just CrossFit specific. Um, but they they're being so successful in Scandinavia that they've expanded now to Berlin. So I'm going to one in in December in Berlin. They're looking to do one in Australia. They're they're going to do one in the UK as well. Um, so you know, good luck to them. Hey, you know, um, you know, a, any education is good, right? You know, and, right. and any inspiration is good. So. Yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, bringing yeah. people together, these affiliates together, gives them um, a shoulder to cry on and find out that you know I, I, other people are going through the same things I'm going through. But then it's also inspiring as well. Well, the the affiliate gatherings are huge. Yeah. Um, I'd say uh, added value for for the affiliates. And I, I, I mean, I was lucky because you know back back when we started, I first one I did was 2017, and and it was like um, so. I, Actually, it's two sixteen. I wasn't yet country manager for France. I, I just knew all the affiliates from France, um, and so I just invited them. I did a I did a, um, a VIP lounge at the French Showdown, so the competition we organized. And I was like, "Hey, I want the affiliates to come. You guys come. We're going to have a good time. We'll hang out. Maybe we'll, we'll you know we'll, we'll we'll talk shop a bit, you know. But we can watch the gig together. I get you guys a coffee machine. I had my I had my Nespresso machine from the house, and you know, I'll get you guys some Fit Aids or Life Aids, whatever you call it, you know, and uh, maybe some goodies or you know. And it just started really relaxed. And they came up, got sunburned, you know, watching the watching the event in the in the in the sunburnt stands, and and got them drunk with some cheap nasty beer, and and that was it, you know, that was the first gathering. And then afterwards, it's like they were asking questions. I said, "Well, maybe we'll get someone in to speak next time." And so we got some speakers in, and it just developed from there without ever actually telling Greg or the team at HQ we're doing this. And then um, Dave Castro came to France uh, February two seventeen for the seventeen point one uh, to launch the the open uh, in our box, and um, I, I threw him as like a surprise drinks in the basement. So I said, "I'll oh, come and see the basement." And as he opened the door to the, the basement, it's just the, the room is so low, you can't, you know, you can't push a bar overhead. And it was like, there were like 40 people in there. And he goes, you know, who the, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> like, they're, the, they're the French affiliate owners. And they can say, what? Right. Come to see me? I said, yeah, yeah. He was doing his, he was doing his humble bit. So yeah, you kidding? This dude jumped in a three-hour three hour train ride. This guy's jumped a flight. This guy's, you know, driven six hours to come and see you. Um, and we just got, you know, some drinks at the back. And we just had like a really relaxed drinks atmosphere. And uh, Dave said to me then, he goes, listen, you know, we've been talking about this with, with uh, Kathy Glassman and, and with Nicole, and we're thinking of starting like some liaison, you know, like where the, where the English language isn't the first language, you know, someone who can translate and make sure nothing gets lost in translation sort of thing, you know. Um, you know, would you like to do that for France? You know, we're thinking of testing it in France, you know, because you guys, you're kind of growing, you know, it's doing okay. I said, shit, yeah, yeah, of course. 
He goes, but you don't even know what it what it entails. I said, do you? He goes, no, not really. I said, okay, cool. Then we then we agree. We don't know what it means, but we're we're ready to give it a shot. <laughs> and he goes, he says to me, but you don't even know, you know, what the conditions are. I said, you don't accept a role like that for conditions yeah. or pay. You accept it out of honor. You know, you're you're asking me to liaise with HQ on behalf of the French affiliates. Shit, let's go and do it. And um and then I came up with all these ideas and, and they go, oh, no, you couldn't do that one, couldn't do that. Oh, no, you shouldn't really do that. I did them anyhow because they were on the other side of the Atlantic and they didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, and the stuff that worked, it stuck with, and we've, we've been doing it. And um, Matteo came into Italy as country manager. Nat Diaz came into Spain. Oli Mansbridge came into the UK. Uh, Matt came in for, for Germany and Switzerland. Uh, Wes came in for Benela. I mean, and, and so all of a sudden, and, and Ricardinho for Brazil, and all of a sudden we had this really tight-knit group of core, I'd say they're, they're OGs from seminar staff, most of them were old box owners. And um, and we're just mates sharing stuff that worked and then going out and doing it and finding ways to do it with no budget. And um, and it wasn't, you know, I don't think an affiliate really, they don't necessarily want a free T-shirt or, you know, they want to be part of something. They want to be part of a cool gang, you know, and um, they want to be part of a crew of people that like-minded people that are going through the same problems um, and that can uplift them. Um, and that's what it is. Uh, and it still is, you know, um, and maybe there's a, a bit more branding now and, and, you know, maybe there's some logos and some, you know, magic across it. I can see the magic across it behind you there, Jake. Um, maybe there's some more, you know, some glitzy stuff, but the truth of it is, you know, just some good fucking people, you know, the I think that's one of the the cool things about CrossFit itself and the people that are running CrossFit, especially the OGs, is there's some real humility there, in and and humbleness, and and I don't don't think they really sorry, but no, that's awesome. Yeah. They don't really grasp how um how significant they are, um and how uh, much of a um, a celebrity they are. You know, I, I saw, you know, the, you know, Nicole Carroll and I've known her for many years, but when I see her, I still kind of get, you know, I get a little nervous around her. A little starstruck. Yeah. A little starstruck. Yeah. And, and Dave too, uh, you know, Dave and I are friends, but I still like, I'm always like, man, this is Dave Castro. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I got to, I got to, the Dave Castro, right? Yeah. The, 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 yeah Dave, the John Wick of CrossFit. Yeah, unkillable. <laughs> oh my God! Comes back, comes resurrected, right? Resurrected. Yeah. yeah. At the games, Greg, uh, this Greg this year, Greg Glassman was up in the affiliate lounge, and he, you know, people waited two to three hours to to meet with him and get a picture yeah. with him. And, and he's and just the coolest. And he's just the coolest dude, right? Yeah, yeah, and it makes me it makes me happy to know that in Europe, that is happening as well. Um, because that is the fuel. I think that's the fuel that helped drive the the rapid growth of CrossFit in the United States, and that it's, it sounds like it's the same thing that's that's uh, that's driving the growth in Europe as well. It's not only do they they love CrossFit and what it does for themselves, but then they the, they they look to the, they're looking for per, the personalities that you know, and they follow the personalities and see what they do. Yeah, I, th I think. Uh, sorry, my one of my one of my son's cats is crashing the call. Um, I, th I think we mustn't underestimate relationships uh, and and personalities. Um, and I, I think the key to all of this is um, people need to trust CrossFit. And um, so you, you need someone who embody, embodies the, you know, forget the whether it's an LLC, is it a corporate, is it a company, is it whatever. 
um, the movement, the methodology um, which exists needs to be embodied by someone. And Nicole Carroll, Dave do that so, so well, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think so trust is the key element to wanting to be part of part of this. You have to trust CrossFit. You have to trust the people that represent CrossFit. And I think that was the issue when, you know, with the, the, the tweet gate and the misinterpretation of Greg's tweet and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, some of the affiliates felt that, that there was a there was broken trust at that point or, you know, that that, that sort of thing. And um, even when Dave got fired, you know, there was a, there was a bit of hoo-ha around that, you know. Yeah. Uh, which time, you know, the first time or second time, we don't know right? uh, how many times Dave's been sacked, but he just keeps bouncing back, right? Um, the rubber ball that is Dave Castro, you know, he's thrown <laughs> away and he comes bouncing back, you know, faster and stronger than before. Right? Think, think um, about yourself, though, and, and like I think about myself, too, like, I don't know that I would have kept coming back <laughs> personally. <laughs> you yeah, know, at some point, you know, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a, there's a burning passion. You know, yes. and, and even, and, and even yeah. Nicole, you know, Nicole, Nicole went through a lot of stuff, you know, yeah, she did. Um, you know, the, the um, well, the sale of CrossFit, you know, the, all that thing, you know, that um, I, I think she was very touched by all of that, very much affected. And she's, she's a very um, emotional being. Which is why I think she's so popular because you know she 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 just radiates you know energy and 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 uh, um, and I, 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 people like that get get very affected and I, I think she had a very tough time and I, I don't think that most of us would have would have stayed the course you know That's and right. and I think with all the change of leadership and let let let's not you know let's not fool ourselves right you know um, shareholders are investors. And so there's, you know, there's, there's a desire or a need to have a return on investment, right? That's, yeah. that's, just, that's just logical, right? You know, um, and she, she and Dave represent an amazing balance as in, yes, you can get a return on investment, but we can, we can maintain the trust, you know? And, um, I, I honestly, I hadn't thought about it until we start, start we, we started speaking now, but, um, I, you know, would I, would I have, would I have stayed if they'd, if they'd gone? I don't know. I, I, no, I mean, last year when Dave left, I kind of knew from day two or three afterwards that there was a big movement to try and get him back in. And that gave me hope, you know, if he'd, if he'd gone yeah. and said, okay, I'm out, maybe I would have gone, oh, hang on, you know, my goodness. And I'd looked to Nicole and, you know, and Nicole is going, well, you know, if Dave's out, I'm out. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So it's it's about relationships. It's about trusting people. It really is. I, I I don't love the methodology more than I did last year or the year before. Right? It's not a, the methodology is what brought me in, but the people are what keep me here. I think um, without a doubt. One hundred percent. Yeah, you're one of them, by the way. Just like I mentioned uh, that. I only I, I only met you a couple of years ago. I'd yeah. heard about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh, live nice. up to your reputation, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know that nice would be the would be the word. I don't know that nice is the adjective. I've never heard anyone anyone use that Craig yeah, Howard nice in the same sentence. They How say, nice. the, they say the same thing about me coaching. I tell them like, you're getting look, I set the bar really low for all my coaches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't coach anymore because I'm I'm too bad compared to the others. I drag, oh, yeah. I drag down the <laughs> <laughs> I do every once in a while I do we have this masters rx plus class yeah, and I can yeah. kind of speak freely with the masters but I'll be all the way on the other side of the class I'll turn over and I'll see some someone doing power cleans with a lightweight with muted hips and I literally will turn what the and I will say what the fuck is that what and I'll do the movement <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least 
<laughs> tell them you need thick skin, man, if you're going to come to my class. We're, um, so the, the, I guess the last thing to talk about, because I know you got to jump too, but um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was the growth in Europe. Um, do you see the growth in Europe? And it, especially as you mentioned, you know, the, the shareholders and the private equity guys, is, is Europe um, continuing its rapid pace of growth? And do you see it expanding as fast as it has over the last two to three years? And and what and and is there anything that's needed in order to continue that growth? That's I, I think uh, yeah, it's a lot of questions, right? Yeah. Europe is still growing very very well. I mean, this year net growth is is just over three hundred, um, uh, which 300 is which is solid. Affiliates, yeah, that's wow. yeah, yeah, that's yeah, cool. and and um, the main part of that growth is coming from France, uh, UK, and Spain. The, okay. the main part of that growth. Um, France is now the biggest territory outside of the US. Europe in, Europe in total, we accumulate all the European countries together. Um, there's only about, uh, it's about four or 500 affiliates uh, smaller than the US, the whole wow. of Europe. Um, so I, I, would, I would expect Europe to kind of get on par with the US uh, mid mid 2024 end of 2024 would be would be my guesstimate wow. um which is which is good which is solid um yeah that's amazing uh, to be honest with you we yeah we we've we've really worked on um so we worked very hard on looking after affiliates as they came out of the pandemic um so um and and you know talking to each affiliate uh, a lot of box visits our teams are out on the ground all the time jumping in cars, you know, um, if they're doing seminars on weekends, they might go in half a day earlier and visit a couple of boxes and speaking to affiliates. And so building relationships, you know, um, and, um, so it, it, it's, it's, it's mainly about the relationships as, as we've already said, Europe's growing well, uh, other parts of the world that are growing well. So Brazil is bouncing back. Brazil had a really tough time coming out of COVID. So the, so Europe, just to continue that thought, Europe is growing, um, is growing faster than the U.S. It's catching, it's catching the U.S. because yeah. U.S. has some attrition, right? So some yeah. affiliates are closing on BFL and yep. dropping off. So yep. it's catching us. Um, but the biggest challenge that those guys have is related to language. The CrossFit has only just started producing the content in 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 the country's languages. So they've had to essentially translate or find people that can, you know, do the L1 seminars, for example, that you know take into into different different languages. Can you hear us now? Now he's gone altogether. And so that so that despite that, like only recently has a lot of that stuff been published in the home languages. Mm-hmm. And in Asia, Asia is the same thing. It's and and that is the, the biggest challenge for a, a multinational corporation to expand for the first time, especially with a people based business like this. And when they only have hundred and fifty employees within Cross. Well, yeah, like, that's right. That's the other part, right? Is they only have hundred and fifty employees. Can you hear yeah, us now? Sure. I can indeed. Okay, Thank you. Sorry for that. Yeah, we were talking about the challenge. Jamie and I were talking about just covering the challenges of what it, of what it is to grow in Europe and in Asia, especially related to language differences and then training. All oh the yeah, training a people business. But it's. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, go ahead. The, the, the strength we have is seminar stuff, right? Right. Um, they're these like human torches that are going out and setting bushfires, you know, and they go out with their passion and 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 you know you sit and like you know define fitness for the first time, you know, to, to a coach who's been coaching something you didn't understand for, for the last five years, you know. Yeah. Um, and and the, the smartest decision ever made was to translate the level one uh, kernel, the manual, to have 
physical translators to verbally translate every sentence that's being presented in front of the whiteboard, um, to translate the tests. Um, that was the smartest, smartest move to get international growth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and we haven't we haven't done it in all languages yet. Um, so you know there's still a few languages where we need to we need to work on. But um, it's like Korean has just has just exploded. Why? Because we've got a, we've got a Korean seminar staff. You know, Wanu Lee and the guys out there. Um, all these seminars are happening every weekend with, with between twenty and forty people. Um, and they've gone from twenty twenty one when I took the role in January twenty twenty one. There were one hundred and twenty affiliates in Korea. We've now got three hundred and sixty. Um, and and that sort of growth, you know, you 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 find ten countries around the globe uh-huh. that have that sort of growth. Well, you can have another two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand affiliates um, just from organic growth, just by doing the right things. And you're right, translation is one of the things. But language is not everything. There's also the cultural gap. Um, so localizing content is not the same as translating content. And we saw that with the playbook, for example, the affiliate playbook. Where it was, you know, it was written by some really smart guys in the U.S. But then, when you're reading it, even though it's translated, a lot of the stuff doesn't make sense. Right. The stuff about re- real estate, law, uh, you know, people, HR, contracts, all that kind of stuff. Um, it needed to be localized to make sense to, you know, a Portuguese guy or girl, you know, um, or Korean or Japanese person, etc. So um, the international team spent a lot of time translating and localizing all the good stuff that comes out of uh, the HQ team. And as you were saying, I think when I got, came back on, you know, it, it's a global network, right? It's a global company and a glo- global movement methodology, but it's actually a very small organization in terms of number of people, you know? Yeah, um, as we said, there's 150 people, employees across. Yeah. That's remarkably yeah. small. I, yeah. I, would, I would tell you this, and I was something I tell my coaches, and I would tell anyone that's getting into CrossFit um, that is going to coach and then maybe has has visions of of working within CrossFit or within CrossFit management and HR or co you know as a as a as a flow master eventually or something like that. I feel like now is is like one of the best times ever um, for for coming in and and having your sights on that type of career opportunity. Is it is it expands internationally there will be such a need for um help and support and quality people speaking mm-hmm. in multiple languages is obviously a benefit but i mean i think there's there's just significant opportunity to support and uh, or to have a career within crossfit at 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 many different levels and in many different roles um, yeah, as it, as it without a, without a doubt, I, I I honestly think you know, and you, you, we spoke about this in Madison. You know, we've been around for a while, so we think, oh God, you know, it's like you know, it's like a lifetime in CrossFit. You know, we've yeah. feeling a bit, you know, a few of the bumps and bruises and stuff. But I believe that CrossFit is in its infancy. You know, uh, not just as a sport, but as a as a methodology, as a, as a movement. You know, um, I think you know we have to keep showing value to affiliates, obviously. Um, but also, you know, I think, um, uh, as a, as a box owner, as a leader, as a business owner, um, you know, you sometimes need to stay the course as well, right? It's very easy to jump from one thing to, there's another fad that comes by and oh shit, you know, oh my goodness, they're doing, you know, I don't know, high rocks or whatever it is. Oh, you know, I need to go and do high rocks. What is high rocks? Yeah. Mm. It's, it's, it's a race. There's no methodology yeah. to it, you know? Yeah. Um, there's no science behind it. It's 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 um it's an expression of your fitness, just yeah, like a Spartan yeah. race or something, yeah. right? 
So um, um, instead of jumping from one fad to the next, you find something that has that is an essential truth that is that is fundamentally uh, uh, is like a uh, it's the equivalent of a bible of, of of health and fitness. Stick with it, you know. Stick with it through the good times and bad times, you know. And 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 I I, I think there's something to be said about perseverance. And you'll always have a downtime. That's but right. Those are the best. Those are the best times because you 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 reinvent yourself and you come back better than you were before. You know, no it's, bad, no downtimes. You get lazy. You know, you get lazy. You get stale. So it's it's not linear. Growth is not linear. And I, and I, the other point of that, and just that's why I love the international expansion. CrossFit is um, a mature methodology in a very niche area that is the U.S. Um, I would say elite or experienced fitness people. So people that have been in fitness most of their lives know about CrossFit. They've been in and around. They may have tried it once or twice, but there are so many people in the, in just in our country that, that don't know what it is and yeah. haven't done it. And then globally, like virtually no one. I mean, we, we can Not, say, yeah, we've got, you know, it's just, it has, it's, it's uh, barely started. It's mature in a very exactly. small niche. That's why it's, a, that's why it's in its infancy. You know, yes. and and yep. it, um, someone who doesn't understand the potential in CrossFit, I know that I know that CrossFit is going to pay my son's uh, college education. It's going to pay my retirement. Thank you very much. Right? Yeah. You know uh, why? Because populations are aging. Yes. Um, there's we know it, right? There's not a single person on the planet who doesn't need CrossFit who wouldn't be a better person for CrossFit. But what percentage of the U.S. population has tried a, 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 um, a workout in their gym? Has, has done a drop-in session or done a trial week or something? Five percent? Yeah, yeah. Really? You know, honestly, maybe. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe the maybe the twenty somethings it's, it's higher than that, or thirty somethings higher than that. Yeah, yeah. But we we haven't understood yet how to how to package it in a lot of places to the over fifty fives, to the under eighteens, to um, a, a community of overweight people, to yeah. you know. Um, the the um, the forty two year old mother of two who hasn't been able to look after herself for the last ten years because she's been you know looking after her kids and all of a sudden she you know she she's got some some time for herself or she's gone back to work and you know we need to be able to package it to to these people not just the twenty five year olds who who have no fear of walking into a CrossFit gym right you know those are the early adopters we've done that the early adopters are done and and that's why in the U S I really think that uh, affiliate owners who understand how they can prospect and attract not just the early adopters, but the the early majority, the late majority, how you can use um, the social influence um, of recommendations, you know, draw the spotlight onto your members, draw your spotlight onto your 50-year-old plus member who's got a dad bod but feels absolutely awesome now that he, you know, he doesn't have back pain, you know. Um, those sorts of members, not the 25-year-old who works out with his shirt off, you know, he's got his shirt off before he's even done a burpee, you know. That... <laughs> That, that that that's that's not interesting you know um and so if we learn to package crossfit and talk to these different facets of society these different age groups you've got so you've got you've got the innovators mainly box owners uh, yeah. 10 15 years ago in the us right, right. then you've got the early adopters early yeah. adopters they're your crazy they're your crazy members who would have driven 90 minutes to come to your box right yeah. um or two hours whatever it is and then you've got you've got the early majority and i i believe that the boxes are now in that in that realm now of the yes. the early majority, but you've got the late majority, and then you've got the laggards. The laggards are the losers. They're the ones that you know everyone will tell them what they need. They know what they need, but they're still too friggin' lazy to do it. Right? Okay. Let let's let's that's that's a tiny percentage of the population, 10, 13 percent of the population. 
well, we can talk to 87% of the population, male and female. You know, we need to understand how to communicate to, 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 uh, to, 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 to both. We also need to know how to communicate to parents about their kids. Um, we need to uh, know how to communicate to our current members about their parents. We do that. CrossFit is in its infancy. And, and, and you'll have more box owners saying, shit, Craig, I'm maxed out, man. I'm thinking of opening a second location. Yeah. You know, that, that problem you came to me earlier. Um, I really do believe in that. And, and um, that's why I'm, I'm very confident that CrossFit is it's in its early days. You know? we're, seven, we're 17 years in. I'm 17 years in here, Diablo. And we have just now, only in the last two years, developed a team program. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm back again. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I, I was just saying about you putting your teeth in in 15 years' time um, for your podcast. <laughs> And, and say, oh, Jay, do you remember back in 2023, we thought that the U.S. was maxed out? Well, hey, now, look. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly believe that the U.S. is not maxed out at all. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think, I think um, the team are working hard to regain trust. There's a great team. Uh, Chase is part of that team. Jen Green is running that. Um, yeah. uh, there's, there's really good people there that care, you know. Um, and... Uh, uh, I, I think that the building relationships, um, affiliate uh, gatherings are one part of it. Um, presence at events like the semis and games, another part of it. Um, phone calls and, and birthday calls and box visits and all kind of, are all, you know, are all uh, tools to to rebuild these these relationships. Um, and I think we have to be careful not to uh, think that technology replaces that. You know, uh, yeah. you can quickly think, oh, I'll send a mass email and they'll get the information. Uh, you know, yeah. that doesn't, that, 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 that might add to, but it doesn't replace the relationship you're, be, you're building. And what's really good is Don has understood that, you know, um, yeah. uh, Don and the leadership of Team Anderson. And that's why they've put in place the U.S. reps is because they saw what happened internationally. Um, and uh, Don, one of the first things he did, you know, he came out um we went to Brazil and we went to Ecuador. Uh, we went to New Zealand and um, Australia. And he saw what was happening on the ground there. He saw the relationships. He saw the worries that affiliate owners had, but the trust they had yeah. in the person they were working with. Um, and he's like, wow, okay, this is, this is a really smart investment to make is to have boots on the ground, you know? Yeah. We relied on the competition side of things to provide that personal connection and would, and I think it helped fueled obviously the growth of the, the sanctionals, the sectionals, the regionals and the games because it, it brought people together that like-minded people together and we could share and do those things. That's in the US, we were relying on those and now we have these gatherings that are proving to be so popular and then it's also motivating affiliate owners like myself to get together with affiliate owners outside of the box just on their own. I think that's huge. I mean, uh, and uh, one of the most valuable things of, of the games, for example, is what we're doing up in the lounge, right? When we got, you know, the, yeah. I think you, you on a, you on a panel, right? The 10 year affiliate panel mm -hmm. and some of the questions and answers and the sharing of best practice. Wow. I would have loved yeah. to have, you know, I would have loved to have been there in 2011, you know, right. and, and listening to you guys and like, God, you know, I, you know, I would have avoided some pain. I would have had some better understanding yeah. and, and. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. So, I, I, you know, I, I, the the future is very, very bright. It really yeah, is, and and, and even even the reaction of the affiliate owners, you know, um, some were like reticent for a while. But I'm looking at like there's a, there's an affiliate gathering happening this weekend. I can't remember which which part of the US, but 
there's like 250 affiliates going. Oh, really? I love that. It's they, there are yeah. there's any momentum, right? It's, so people are amazing. hearing yeah. back, right? It, that was once something Adam Knife or CrossFit for Vancouver. This is a guy that runs a very successful affiliate. He does not have to go to these things. He went. He said it was amazing. He loved yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I'm you, gonna you, you regenerate that sense of belonging, that passion, yeah. re reignite the flame, right? And um, yeah. I. I Every box owner is like a, a seminar staff member, you know, the, the human torches. Yes. You go and, and you grow, you grow your box, you know, one, one wildfire at a time, you know, you, you brush up your shoulder, have a chat about CrossFit, bring them in for a trial session. And that's how, that's how you're setting the world on fire with CrossFit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you go. Cause it's uh 10, 15 and you needed some few minutes. He's going right onto another podcast. Oh, I, I am indeed. Yeah, okay. I am indeed. I've got a, I got a, um, uh, a young buck over here, um, who's, um, he's be, unfortunately I stood him up twice. Um, <laughs> I stood him up because there was I, we lost in translation on the times on the first one, uh, and the second one I got, I got double, double dated. Someone, someone was sticking stuff in my uh, Google Calendar, and um, I ended up in a meeting, and I come off the meeting. And I, that's bizarre. Something's missing. I go, oh god damn it! And I stood him up twice. So I okay. promised to do it. I promised to do it. And they're done that. Where I go, like, oh, I, I think I'm supposed to be somewhere right now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like at home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, guys, dude, thank, I, Yeah, thank you very yeah, I know, much, man. I know you, know you you sound you sound this off and you close it down, but um, thank you for what you guys are doing, right? Uh, um, you guys could sit back, you know, and you could just like enjoy, you know, and, and and you could just like you know you you could be you could be counting the the money you know you could be counting the the the, the money that doesn't jiggle jiggle you know and all this kind of and you're not you're you're you got your feet on the ground um you're you're looking to share and 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 help others you're turned towards other people which I think is what makes you guys good freaking box owners in the beginning right to start with is yeah, that you turn towards other people place. yep. Yeah, even even if Craig, you can you can be a prick sometimes. You still turn to other people, and and I say all the all the all the all the affection right of Absolutely. from one prick to another. You know, um, <laughs> the the uh, you got you guys um, are sharing sharing a lot, and um, uh, you don't need to you don't need to work officially for HQ to bring yeah. value to CrossFit and to work for CrossFit. You know, right. we all work for CrossFit. And um, I appreciate very much what you're doing. Thank you very much from, you know, sincerely. Um, and I look forward to seeing you, mate. Um, yeah. I, you know, Likewise. I hope you're going to be around. Um, I'll be, I'll be out in the States uh, beginning of October. Um, and then I'll be up at the Rogue Invitational as well. I, I love that event. That's, that's, and, that's, uh, um, yeah, Bill and Katie, they put on a, they put on an amazing thing over in, in Austin. So I don't know if you guys are going to that. Yeah, you're going to be at that. I'm going to try and make that event. So I hope to see you there. Mate, then then the ribs are on me. I won't say beer because I'm trying to give up alcohol, and I, yeah. I keep keep tripping up on that one. Um, but the, the the ribs the ribs will be on me if if you guys are out there. Thank you very All much right. for your time. Yeah, that'd be thank awesome. you. Thank Thanks, Daniel. Cheers. Cheers, man. Take care, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. I don't know how to get out of this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we know how to fuck it up. We'll close it out. We'll close it out. What do I push? <laughs> I drop Perfect. off when I'm not supposed to and I can't get out when I'm supposed to. Right? Thanks guys. That's fine. Right, Take care. Cheers.